Welcome to A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He's Luke Warsham in for uh, the slightly under the weather Zach Bingham. Uh, make sure you follow us all over social media. We go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, hopefully soon back on Twitter, but also hit us up on Instagram and TikTok. We're Nashville's On Demand Sports Talk Network. Gathering our sponsors because they make it happen before uh, for our show and they help you guys out. Renters Warehouse, Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your car buying experience by going to wilsoncountyhyundai.com or seeing them in Lebanon. And the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. So, Luke, uh, you've been out at practice uh, yesterday. You are out there. Uh, on right. Monday, uh, as uh, practices changed a little bit on Wednesday, hasn't it? Because yeah, we talked about well, this last week, where Wednesdays have become a little bit different from the Titans at this point this week. Well, it's just over the last two weeks. Like, I don't want to make the declaration that this is some permanent change. And maybe I'll ask Brable about that on Friday. But yeah, over the last two weeks, Wednesday practice has not been the normal uh, Wednesday practice. It's been more of a recovery day. What we have seen them do is uh, wear shorts and a jersey and and do jog through, not jog through, but jogging around on the field. You know, like there's not really while we're there practicing going on. Now, when we leave, they do do like a jog through, walk through something with the game plan, um, but there's no individual period. It's not intense, you know pads aren't banging against each other or anything like that so a little different last two weeks i don't know if it's permanent uh but it's hard to blame Vrabel considering how banged up this team is yeah they, they are very banged up and the injury list is, is still pretty lengthy but one guy they're getting back is christian fulton who was designated to return from uh injury reserve yesterday which means he was out there on the practice field uh doesn't mean he's active yet or he's going to uh, be able to play on Sunday. We don't know yet, but it's a very good development. And we'll talk about Christian Fulton here later on in the show. But Luke, you have what you think is the next step in the Titans development on offense in life without Derrick Henry, because we didn't exactly see a, a, an efficient offense Sunday night on uh, NBC against the Rams. It was a struggling offense. And without those two interceptions, who knows what that game would, would have been like, but they got the two interceptions. That's all that matters. You get to a 21-3 lead at halftime, and you cruise uh, to a 28-16 win because your defense was so damn good against the top five offense of the Rams. Now, the, the Titans offense has been top five in scoring over the last month. Even without Derrick Henry, scoring 28 points is great, but they've got to take another step forward yeah. in figuring out how they can be more efficient offensively. Yes, so... I want to give this offense credit for what they did situationally against the Rams. Third and short. I I can't remember if they went for any fourth downs. Two fourth downs. Both of them them were right. One was a Ryan Tannehill. They were both on the same drive. The Ryan Tannehill sneak uh, on a fourth and inches. And then the Ryan Tannehill touchdown run. The bootleg was on fourth and goal. That's right. So, again, I want to give them credit for how they played situationally. You know, when they needed a yard – when they, when they were in the red zone, they made it happen. They had good situational football on offense. The problem was first and second down, where things were not great. 
Um, the passing game was clunky, partially because for whatever reason, on his first throw of the game, Ryan Tannehill made the strange choice to throw a quick out against one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Like, go figure on that one. Right. But but what I think held the Titans back in this game was the run game. And look, we we all had a laser eye on the Titans run game heading into this one, right? Because Henry's out and we talk all week about Adrian Peterson's coming in. And look, they brought back Devontae Foreman. And what's what's Jeremy McNichols going to do? And, and, you know, Tannehill said when I asked him about the run game on Wednesday, he's like, well, you know, if we just keep blocking and, and open holes for these guys, uh, you know, we're going to be able to run the football. And, and, and it kind of stunk, and then we hadn't really talked about it, right? Because the game was so good, and they played yeah. so well collectively that, that that was sort of, you know, maybe takeaway number six or seven from that game. But as we uh, catch our breath and look ahead to the Saints game, a Saints defense that plays very well against the run, uh, we need to start talking about how this Titans run game needs to be significantly better and more effective than it was against the Rams. Yeah. And also you mentioned obviously the two new running backs who just arrived on like Tuesday or Wednesday to the facility to play Sunday night, you know, Adrian Peterson and Deontay Foreman who had been on the couch. You know, we just talked about how practice has been different for the Titans. Well, for those two guys last week, they got extra contact. Yeah. When I was out there on Thursday that, you know, Vrabel and Tony Dews had a couple defensive players over there trying to hit up and, and pad up and thump. Peterson and Foreman to get them reacclimated to contact. So you see that, but I expect those two guys to continue to get better uh, as they uh, stay in this, in the practice more and get kind of get back into it. And I agree with Ryan and, and several others have said this, that Foreman looks like the best running back on this team right now without Derrick Henry. And I, I think we kind of saw that in, in a few games last year where Deontay Foreman uh, kind of was the second running back in a couple of games behind Derrick Henry when Darrington Evans was hurt and Jeremy McNichols was still carving out his role as a third down back in passing situations. And then uh, Daniel brings up, and some others did as well, the Titans were without Taylor Lewan at left tackle and they were without Nate Davis at right guard. Now, I, I don't dislike Aaron Brewer as right guard. I think he's a good interior offensive lineman who can spell in those three positions. But Bobby Hart is a bad football player. And there's nothing else to say about that. But Bobby Hart is like their fifth tackle that they've had uh, because they've gone through. Kendall Lamb was hurt. Ty Sam Brilo uh, uh, retired. And Dylan Radins is now a guard full time, it seems like. And they had to bring in this guy named Bobby Hart, and he's not very good. Uh, and that's just the situation that they are in. So being without two of their offensive linemen definitely uh, had an effect. Against the Rams defense, it's also very good. So here was the effect yeah. that it had. The Titans as a team ran for 2.7 yards a carry. Right. Now, that number is uh, partially muddled by the fact that Marcus Johnson had a negative seven-yard rush on an end round. Which was just a dumb play call. Yes. But Foreman, five carries, 21, 29 yards. That's nearly six yards a carry. But Adrian Peterson... 10 yards or 10 carries, 21 yards. And he looked, uh, he wasn't running slow. Like he looked like, you know, the Peterson we saw at the Lions last year. He was very slow to make his decisions. Were you noticing that? He would get the ball and almost pause 
Yeah. I'm sitting there thinking like, buddy, you got to hit the hole. Like you don't got time to sit there and think against Aaron Donald and these guys. And that's to me, that's a comfort level thing. That's a, I just got here. I don't know these guys blocking for me, (laughs) especially I don't know who Bobby Hart is. Uh, Uh So like there's some situation and Donald says, Adrian Peterson is done. I don't think Adrian Peterson is done by any means. I just think that we, he is not Adrian Peterson from, 2016 or, or or before that you know can he get back to what he did with the lions and with washington the last couple of years which is average you know close to four yards a carry uh yeah sure he can absolutely do that and mark says he'll be better this week and al al is al nailed it adrian peterson was running high as well and i noticed that in drills on thursday at practice but it wasn't something that i felt comfortable saying because it was his first practice. Yeah. And like he's going through running back drills. Is he just like cruising through the drills? Maybe, but I, I don't know. I wasn't sure how that was going to translate onto the field of his pad level or not. Uh, but again, I, I think, um, I think Adrian Peterson will be better. And I know, and I feel like Deontay Foreman will be better as he gets reacclimated to the offense too. So a, f- a few comments pointed out the blocking. Uh, being a problem jared says there was no hole luke and uh who was it i saw another one that said you know what what hole luke uh well i can't find that comment but fair point uh and and i want to get to that one second i will say this uh great twitter follow tic tac titans did a breakdown like a film thread Mm. where he showed that there were times where there were holes available to peterson and he either A, picked the wrong one, or B, like I was talking about, was too slow to get there. So there were opportunities. You can go check that thread out. But, but there were opportunities. It wasn't like he was getting you know, you know, people around his ankles as soon as he got the football. That's not what was happening. However, it is a fair point that the blocking was not great. Austin, as you've brought up, it was the depth pieces that he was relying on with Bobby Hart and Aaron Brewer in there. And yesterday, because I knew that, you know, I, I didn't know I'd be talking about it on the show today, but I'm, I'm going to be talking about this preview on, on the game day morning show on Sunday. I asked Vrabel, like, what needs to get better about the run game on first and second down? Because right third and fourth down, they were effective at getting the yards they need. Yeah. And Vrabel immediately went to, uh, we've got to block better. He And then he made the comment, he said, uh, uh when you don't, when we don't block, whether that's as a receiver, tight end, running back, or the line, people have the possibility of getting hurt. So, to me, it sounds like Vrabel wasn't very happy with what he saw on tape from the run blocking. Right, right. So, uh, again, I want you to reiterate the next step in development uh, in the Titans post Derrick Henry offense. But I want to ask you guys, who should be the lead running back for the Titans versus the Saints? Who should be the lead running back for the Titans versus the Saints? So we'll get your answers and, and Luke's development for the Titans offense. But real quick, let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute. Boneandjointtn.org. That's boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get an injury in life, know who to go to, know who to trust. The, the dozen of doctors at the Bone and Joint Institute specialize in any joint injury you can have, meaning they've got you covered. They've also got a, rate, a great physical therapy and rehab facility on campus right there in Franklin. Boneandjointtn.org is where to go. 
Oh, and I am going to talk to you this morning. <laughs> so you know what happened? I was pulling up Facebook to pin our question. Yes. And I was hearing you still talking on Facebook Ah, because I the see. audio ah. had cut on. So I just think you're still going. I didn't realize uh-huh. I was sitting yeah, here in I was, silence. I was like, look, you good? I thought you are muted for a second. No, I'm going to talk to you about our friends at, uh, at BetMGM because they have a great deal going on for you right now. And it's a little different than what we normally have for you guys because right now, if you get on the BetMGM app and you give them the promo code A to Z200, not the one you see on your screen, A to Z200, a $10 money line wager, uh, I believe on Thursday night football. Is that what this That's is right. for? Austin? That's right. Yeah. $10 money line wager on Thursday night football wins 200 bucks if either team scores a touchdown. That is with the promo code A to Z200. So again, $10 money line wager on Thursday night football tonight. Gets two hundred dollars if either team scores a touchdown, and that is only on Bet MGM, the king of sports yeah, books. You, you just hope it's not uh, Jags Bills <laughs> again, <laughs> uh, and then you get screwed out of that one. But anyway, all right. So, uh, oh my, Kevin. Uh, Kevin says he's down quite a bit on Bet MGM. I'm not going to put that uh, comment up there on the screen because I don't want to embarrass you that much. But anyway, so the question is, who should be the Titans' lead running back uh, against the Saints? Uh, now we'll get to his, all of your answers. Not here in a little bit, but uh, Luke, go ahead and reiterate what you think is the next step for the Titans offense in their development after Derrick Henry. Well, the next step is to have an effective running game. And again, notice I didn't say explosive because that's what the run game is with Derrick is it's explosive. Yes. You always have that home run threat. You know, I, I'm not asking for Devontae Foreman or Adrian Peterson to rip off a 50, 60 yard run. They need to be effective. They need to be able to have a run game that is, uh, you know, setting up the play action that is allowing them to move the ball offensively and not, I mean, it was a little painful to watch at times on Sunday. So that, that's got to get better. But uh, yeah. give them credit for winning and, and dismantling the Rams too. Yeah, so, all right, who should be the lead running back? There's a lot of answers coming in here. Uh, Metal Madness on YouTube going with Foreman, Derek, Chandler, Preston, Daniel, Jordan, uh, Shiloh, uh, all with Foreman. Jacqueline says Peterson should be the lead. Kevin says Foreman. He has something to prove. I think Adrian Peterson has got something to prove. And I'll bring up some motive, extra motivation too. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Ryan Sachs says need to be a committee, but Foreman first crack. Steven says Deontay Foreman changes his number and gets the running back <laughs> one gig. So he goes from number 45 to number seven because Luke's best friend, Matt Barkley, got signed to the Carolina Panthers roster uh, off the Titans practice squad, who was wearing number seven there too. Brian says Foreman all day, and that which is funny, Foreman all day, which is like Foreman Adrian Peterson. Is that what <laughs> yeah. is that what that is? Uh, uh, Ricochet Ray says AP still demands respect. He should be the early down and goal line back. Now, what do you think about that comment specifically about early down and goal line back for Adrian Peterson? Early down and goal, like that's every goal line I get because the Titans had him on the goal line as uh, really three times. All three offensive touchdowns, the Titans had Adrian Peterson in there on the goal line. They play action to him twice and Tannehill ran one and Jeff Swain caught one. Then they ran Peterson the third time and he scored. So on you know, the goal line, I get it because Adrian Peterson knows how to run on the goal line and that's that's experience that Foreman and McNichols just simply don't have. Well, Mr. Ricochet, I'm going to slightly abridge your comment and say short yardage, not just goal line. I think fourth and two, third and one, 
and those goal lines, I think that's where Peterson is, is certainly very effective still. Yes. So who should be the lead back against the saints, Luke? I mean, I'm going to take a cop out and say no one. Like, I think it should be oh, a pretty, e- well, I no, honestly, let me explain. I, okay. I think it should be a pretty even split between Foreman and Peterson. And I don't know that it, it's necessarily situationally based. Like, you know, Peterson gets the short yardage and Foreman is the first. It's like, I just think that like, so Foreman looked better on Sunday night. Right. And we just read the stats where his yards per carry average was significantly better than Adrian Peterson's, which is a very key stat, I think in the run game. Um, But at the same time, you know, we've been talking about Adrian Peterson, you know, probably has some steps to climb after being out of football for all this time. And that wasn't the best of him. So I and all these people in the comments, right? Get off the fence. Yeah, I'm with. You. I'm about to come at you, so you can you can continue your point, and then I will address but, that. But why would I? Why would we sit here after the last ten minutes talking about? You know, Foreman looked good, but there's more from Peterson that we haven't seen yet, and then declare Foreman the lead back. Like that would be contradictory to what we already talked about. Who do you trust? You who do you mo- trust the most? I've, look, it's only one game sample size. I, look, it's 15 carries total, right? Who do you trust the most? Of the situation, two. I think that that on, it honestly depends on that. Okay, but first, first and ten in first the first quarter. Uh, it's the first quarter, the, Zach or Luke. I almost called you Zach just because <laughs> that's how I, I I feel. But it's the first probably, quarter, the first play of the game. Like you were right. Like I asked you last Thursday, what's the first play of the game on offense for the Titans, and you said run left to Adrian Peterson. You nailed it. <laughs> Which I thought they had champ. They had a chance. I also nailed that they didn't score on the opening drive. You did. Again, you were right on that. I think the Titans absolutely whiffed on that opportunity to kind of catch somebody off guard with not knowing what they're going to look like. Well, they but threw they just it right went, to their corner. To the best defense. Yeah, they did. It was dumb. It was stupid. They got better after that, but it was stupid. So who who's out there? Who's out there on first down? Is this a prediction or who I would put out there? Yeah, who prediction is it's going to be Peterson. Okay, but who is the best option to put out there on first and ten? First snap of the game. Mike, my, my gut says Foreman, but, the, but then at the same time, I'm hesitant to say that because I want to see another week of Adrian Peterson again, because we've been talking for the last 10 minutes about, you know, you, you know, we I need just want to you see to answer something. Like <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. I think number eight is going to be the guy who lands up next to Ryan Tannehill uh, or in the shotgun, wherever under center, whatever it is. I think they're going to have Adrian Peterson. But, and here's, here's what I think. I'm going to not sit sit on the fence like Luke is right now. I'm going to go with a guy. And I think for this game, it's Adrian Peterson. Why? Because Adrian Peterson has extra motivation against his opponent. He went to the Saints for a short time and got pissed off about the Saints signing him and then not living up to what he signed for. He, He is quoted saying, I didn't come here to get nine touches a game. You think and he still cares about that? Every, yes, yes, he absolutely does. Why? Because pro athletes have crazy in them, and that's how they operate. That's how they have this drive through it. I think Adrian Peterson, whether it's real or not, he will use something like that. He spent, uh, what, a long time with the Vikings, a couple of years with Washington, and then that one year in Detroit, but the shortest time was right there with New Orleans where he asked to get out. 
because he didn't like how Sean Payton and the offense was handling his usage, and it wasn't what he was told when he signed. And so I think he's going to use that to say, I'm going to go punk you guys three years later to show you I can still do it at 36. I, I, I doubt that's in his head. I bet it is on Sunday. It's not right now, but I bet it is on Sunday. Because that's what players do. It's been so long. That was like four or five years ago. Yeah, not that long ago. It was It was like, it I was? guess it was four years ago. It was 2017 because he spent 18, 19 in Washington and 20 in Detroit. Yeah, and he spent the rest of that eight or whatever season with the Cardinals because the Saints traded him. Right, because he didn't like how he was being used there. And, and like I, two weeks I, later, he had the highest carry total of his career. Did he really? That's crazy. Yeah, with like Adam well says, over it'll, 30. It'll be in his head. And, and, you know, I just picture it's Michael Jordan looking at the iPad, sitting in the chair saying, and I took that personally. <laughs> like, this is what this is. Like, Michael Jordan admittedly made stuff up about his opponents to get him fired up. I've heard Blaine Bishop talk about this for years on the zone, saying that you would just psych yourself up and make things up about the opponent just to get out there and go after it a little harder. I, I think, I think Adrian Peterson will absolutely look at the saints like this. Okay. <laughs> That's all you got to say. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it, but. All right, oh, I'll ask him about it on Friday. Yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it. Ask him. Well, how do you describe, ask him this. How would you <laughs> describe your time with the New Orleans Saints? Super open-ended, <laughs> just all on him. How would you describe your time with the New Orleans Saints? Because it wasn't okay. very long. I'll, I'll do it. If, if they give it to us, I'll do it. Which they should on Friday, right? I, I think. I mean, they be- may do it today. I don't know. That, that's, that's true. All right, so we'll see what happens there with uh, Luke's question. All right. Let's, let's get to this next topic. The Titans' weakest link is getting stronger at the right time. The Titans' weakest link is getting stronger at the right time. Real quick, let me tell you guys about Wilson County Hyundai. In WilsonCountyHyundai.com, you need to make them a part of your car buying process. Whatever you're looking for, whatever uh, you need, they've got it. Or if they don't have it on the lot, they can go find it for you and treat you right with great customer service. Payne Bone and his team do a fantastic job of getting the right car for you and not putting any pressure on you. It's also in Lebanon, so you don't have to worry about those city prices. You can go out, beautiful drive to Lebanon to see Wilson County Hyundai. So go check them out. See Payne Bone and his crew at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. And whether you are new to the sports betting world or you are a veteran looking for a great deal to try out, you need to download the BetMGM app because if you give them the promo code A to Z 200, they will give you this $10 money line wager tonight on Thursday night football wins $200. If either team scores a touchdown, it's a great deal to take advantage of. And that is only on bet MGM, the king of sports books. Yep. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years old or must be present in Tennessee and for gambling prompt support call Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789. The Titans weakest link is getting stronger. And uh, Adam yes. says, uh, What's the weakest link, A to Z? Bobby uh, Hart. Uh, no, well, it's not. Uh, no, no, I, I, I'm not. I'm not poking at you. I think you're correct. It's just yes. that was that was strange to watch because Lamb was hurt and that was that was a disaster. Yes. Uh, real quick, another question. Uh, Eric says, "Does A to Z Dallas have a daily live show? Actually, too, just like we do. They have a a morning show that's currently live right now on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter." See, the A to Z Dallas Twitter works. I don't know why our Twitter doesn't in Nashville, but the A to Z Dallas Twitter works. They also have a primetime show just like we do 
Buck hosts the primetime here. Mauricio Rodriguez hosts the primetime uh, in Dallas. And then Will Steele has the morning show in Dallas as well. So he was asking for a friend for that. So yeah, we've got content galore over on those channels too. So the weakest link for the Titans right now is their pass defense. Uh, if you look at it statistically, uh, the Titans pass defense is the worst of their really four defensive stats. The Titans through nine games are 14th in scoring defense, uh, 19th in total yards allowed. They're 24th in pass yards allowed and eighth in rushing yards allowed. So I do think the Titans give up a lot. We know this. The Titans give up a lot of yards in the passing game. Now they're doing a good job of being able uh, to, uh, you know, stop points from happening once teams get in the red zone. But Christian Fulton's coming back. And the fact that they went they went 4-0 without Christian Fulton is a huge deal considering they played Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz, and Matt Stafford. Like, that was really impressive to see them go 4-0 without Christian Fulton, who is by far their best cornerback. By far their best cornerback. Like, Jack Rabbit, Janoris Jenkins is secondary uh, there uh, for uh, the Titan uh, for you know secondary in their in the Titan situation when it comes to corner, but man, uh, it, it having Christian Fulton come back is pretty impressive. Yeah, huge. And I want to give credit, and we we need to give credit to the guys who filled in for him. Uh, Greg Maben, Chris Jackson played out of position a lot. Uh, the guys who stepped in in Christian Fulton's absence got the job done. Breon Borders, when he was still on the team, didn't play much after the uh, Bills game, but he did play a lot in that Bills game. He played a lot uh, in that Jacksonville game, if I remember right. Uh, those guys deserve credit because they got the job done, and Shane Bowen deserves a lot of credit for being able to draw up plans to where it wasn't all on those guys. You know, I remember the Ken Wisenhunt approach where not only would Ken Wisenhunt say next man up, he also like wouldn't alter the game plan when a, yeah. when a good guy went out. Yeah. You know, it was Will Svitek at left tackle against J.J. Watt. We're going to treat him as if it's Taylor Lewan out there, like just or Michael Bruce or whoever it was, just dumb. Uh, Shane Bowen did a great job of putting those guys in position to not have too much on their plate and to allow them to succeed. I will say this, though. I was starting to, after that uh, Rams game. I thought to myself, that was good, but I feel like this situation is one week away from like the dam breaking. Like someone is going to figure out how to exploit these, you know, practice squad backup Titans corners. And fortunately for the Titans, if Fulton is back this week, which uh, seems like a reasonable possibility, and I'll explain why in a minute, um, that. It's not going to happen. The dam's not going to break because your lockdown guy is back. Yeah, it should not. Now, is is Christian Fulton going to have some type of rust uh, involved with him coming back after missing a, a month? I mean, maybe. Uh, you just this isn't a video game where a player gets hurt in your Madden season. He's out for three weeks, comes back, and he's just like he was before he gets hurt. Like these are real humans who have to get reacclimated. That's the third time I've used that word this show, but you've got to get reacclimated and get back in there and knock that rust off after being out for four weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
And we've seen that with some guys coming back as I'm about to sneeze and just like anticipating just it. Happening. Make sure you mute your microphone. If you are, see, there you go. Okay. So live, live sneezes happen on the show. Uh, I've only had it happen like three times in the, in the five plus years I've been doing live video like this, uh, but you know, good job. As long as you get that mute button available, then, then you got away with it. But yeah, there is going to be with a, your point. There is going to be a reacclimation period for, yeah. you know, any guy that comes back. We've seen that this season. I think with guys like uh, the, the more uh, traumatic injuries, but Bud Dupree, Taylor Lewan both had sort of a, a reacclimation period when they came back in. And, and I think we've seen that with some of the guys who had, less severe injuries come back so yeah that's a that's a fair point on yeah so you you, all of a sudden yeah and bless you by the way as he is that about to be a second sneeze i don't know what's really happening (laughs) behind luke right now uh but uh you good now i think you're muted now i'm i was reaching for a hanky oh there you go there you go so luke luke is taking care of himself there uh after the sneeze so bless you luke for the second time all right so but again like you've got extra depth that you've been able to develop while Fulton's been out is be able to get through that. So uh, A to Z sports here live, Luke Warsham in for Zach Bingham. Zach's under the weather. Now Luke can't stop. Well, I was, I was around, I hung out with a friend last night who kept coughing and she swore she would not get me sick. Now I'm not coughing, but yeah, it's not I'll, the cocoa with, though. It's not who, that. Who has who has hankies? <laughs> like, who has hankies? These the only reason I didn't have any Kleenex around me, and so what that was is I have two of these things, uh, which is why I didn't mind getting one of them dirty. The Bucks handed these out to the fans that came to the joint practices with the oh, Titans. So it's, so it's a uh, it's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers towel that you got for free. <laughs> Sweat rag. I have two yeah. of them, and one now I have one of them because that's going yeah, in they, the garbage there you now. Go. There you go. All right. <laughs> so let's get to this question because somebody asked uh, uh, in the comments earlier, uh, what was my prediction for my bold prediction of the season was that the Titans scoring defense would be top 12 in the NFL. And so I'm not that far away through nine games. I, I got to say I'm trending in the right direction. So the question I want to get to you guys now is what uh, with the Titans schedule and Christian Fulton returning, where can the scoring defense finish ranked in the NFL currently sitting at 14th? So, I, I mean, I think it's pretty impressive because the schedule is pretty uh, advantageous for this to do well, because as you see on the right side of that column, there is that you've got the saints with Trevor Simeon, the Texans that are just bad, the Patriots are getting a lot better, but Mac Jones is now a, a red bullseye target for every defensive pass rusher uh, that in the NFL right now that he's going to play for what happened with Brian Burns. Then the Jags are also bad. The Steelers' offense is not exactly explosive. The Niners are a complete mess. The Dolphins are a bigger mess than the Niners, and the Texans are just absolutely bad again. So with that schedule and with Christian Fulton coming back, how high can scoring defense climb? Because they're 14th right now, Luke. Yeah, and I think what the they have the ability to do. Sorry, I got thrown off because the Facebook thing happened again, where I'm still hearing you talk in the background. Okay, so yeah, I I think that having Fulton back, what it does more than just Fulton is better than the corners they've had. 
it allows Bowen to open things up a little bit because I was just talking about how he's done a nice job compensating for not having his talented cornerback out there. Now he's allowed, he's able to leave more pressure on Christian Fulton than he could on Greg Maben, than he could on Chris Jackson. He can leave Christian Fulton sort of in an island on man coverage and expect that to go well for him. And you know what that does? That frees up someone else to go do something else, whether that's playing zone, whether that's blitzing. So it's absolutely fair to expect this Titans defense to take a step forward. Uh, and, and would you like me to read some comments about what yeah, people have Yeah, go for it. Yeah, say? read some comments. I'm curious because the Titans are 14th in scoring defense, and they've also had games where they've given up you know, 38 to the Cardinals, 30 to the Seahawks, where they just blew coverages left and right early in that game, still end up winning. They gave up 31 to the Bills in a win, 31 to the Colts, uh, in a win too, but you know they also have the game that helps that out a lot, where they hold the Colts to sixteen, uh, the Chiefs to three, and then the the Rams and the Jags under twenty. So yeah, you know, they've kind of got the uh, the peaks and the valleys of, of this scoring defense overall. So what are the comments saying about where they can finish being ranked? In I'll start with this comment: Luke humble bragging that he went on a date last night. There were several people there. I just one of the people there happened to be a female, and she happened to be sick. So no date last <laughs> night for Luke. All right, Ronnie says top 10, Marquis says 10th. Rash- or no, Rashid didn't comment about the defense. Duran says top five. Derek says 14 to 16. Uh, Travis, seven to eight. Mark, very confident Titans will win out 15 and two top 10 defense. Abdul says eight because of the cupcake schedule. Nate, two. That's impossible. That's a little rich for my uh, for Well, my because case. right now, the, the Titans are allowing, just for the record, the Titans are allowing 23.4 points a game. The uh, Broncos are second in scoring defense at 17.0. The Bills are allowing 14.8. So it's going to take a, It's going to take some drastic situations for the Titans to improve by four-plus points a game when it comes to total average scored uh, with only eight games left. So uh, Ty Kendrick says seventh. Ryan says top 10. Chris says 10. And Scoop says hashtag 10th. What do you think, Austin? So I find this interesting because if they, let's just say they're at 23 points, 23.4 points a game. Let's say they improve by two points a game on the season because of how easy the schedule is late in the year. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to win every game. They could have some low-scoring losses, uh, which could be totally feasible against some of these opponents that, they're, that they have coming up. But let's just say they improve by two points a game, so they're, at, they're under 22. That means they could jump the Bucks, the Bengals, the Rams, and the Browns, which would move them into uh, a ninth. I think, I think ninth or tenth is that number of – the Titans to be a top 10 scoring defense. So I'm going to say ninth or 10th is where they're going to end up as they're currently 14th. And Malachi's right. You have to think about the other team's schedule. Let's look at the teams I just mentioned. The Bucks have an easy schedule because of the division they play in. Now, I'm not sure exactly who they play out of the division down the stretch, but the NFL always stacks divisional games uh, late in the year. But the Bucks have a game against the Colts that could be a high scoring, a game against the Bills that could be high scoring. And that's really about it because they paid the Panthers twice, the Jets, the Falcons, and the Giants. So the, the Bucks will have 
a good defense. And then you talk about uh, the Bengals are going to be tough because of the division they play in. The Rams and the Browns and even the Seahawks are going to be tough because they play in tougher divisions with offenses out there in those two divisions in the AFC North and the NFC West. So I think it's I think it's realistic to be a a top nine or ten scoring defense at the end of the season. That was a really good breakdown, Austin. Like Thank you. B- because that was more than just saying Titans good. Like you actually went through and you know yeah. talked about some of the other teams. And I agree with you. I think that a top ten finish is realistic. And here's the interesting thing. What was the narrative all offseason with this with the Titans? Well, the offense is going to score so many points that the defense just needs to be like 15 and all is well. Now, granted, there's seven and two, so there's not a whole lot of complaints. Like I saw a comment earlier. It's like, Luke, nice job asking the tough questions lately. I'm like, hadn't really been a whole lot of tough questions to ask lately because they've been playing so well. Um, but the defense that won them that game against the Rams, uh, the defense won them. There was another game. Was it like Colts game, you know, the, the two First turnovers one. late. Yeah. And this is becoming a defensive team, at least without Derrick Henry, it is. Yeah. And with Fulton back, I think for the reasons I talked about earlier of what Bowen is now going to be able to do. And it's sort of it's almost like adding a player to the defense you know, in, a, in a weird way. It's like going from 11 to 12, you know. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that. You know, they're playing so well together. The pass rushes is doing such a nice job. <clears throat> they're they're improving. They're improving week in and week out. Um, and Bud Dupree talked about that yesterday when I was talking to him. He said, we, we're getting better every game. Uh, I think it's more than fair to think that they can be a top 10 defense at the end of all this. Yeah, scoring defense, which is what matters, right? Because, like, I don't care about the yards that you give up, even though the Titans are eighth in rushing yards allowed and they're they're 24th in passing yards allowed. So I think they're going to improve just because of the schedule. I mean, here's the, here's the crazy part is that football power index said that they just finished the hardest first nine games of the season, right? In the, in the entire NFL, they're the 14th best scoring yeah. defense and they've played the hardest schedule in the entire league. And they've got now the easiest got, one now. Exactly. So I think, you know, nine or 10 is super realistic and maybe it can get higher than that. I mean, when you when when you look at your remaining schedule and you get Trevor Simeon, you get uh, what's his name, Terod Taylor slash Davis Mills who, twice. Yeah, you get potentially Jacoby Brissett with the Dolphins, who's started over half their games, I think, with yeah. Tua being banged up. And you know, and, 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 and an old Ben Roethlisberger, right? Like, yeah, but the, but the Steelers are still like. At Pittsburgh, like I'm, I'm some people I think are counting that one as being a lot easier. I also think New England is going to be a really big challenge for them. Uh, when, when, uh, when you talk about points allowed, I think that's where I'm not saying the Titans are going to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh, but that Roth, the Roethlisberger led offense with a bad offensive line where Najee Harris is getting a bunch of touches but can't get much production because all opens offensive line's bad and you know the defense is good. That that game might be like a 17 to 13 type final score, but the Titans defense has the ability to lower uh, their overall scoring defense number. Yes. Yeah. So, and and the good thing about this is the Titans are in the mid twenties in this, they've jumped by over 10 spots in scoring defense uh, from last season. Quick, very quick aside. Malachi says Terod Taylor scares me. Why? 
Yeah, I don't know. What has he done ever to scare you? He's not good. He threw three interceptions last week. I'm pretty sure all of them were like disasters, terrible reads. This guy is not good. There's a reason that he's constantly getting replaced. There's a reason that he is the starting quarterback of the Texans. I don't mean to come at you, Malachi, but I think that the Terod Taylor mythology that has been propagated, I sound like (laughs) this Terod Taylor mythology that has been propagated by the likes of like the NFL network is nonsense. He's not good. He never has been. He's at his best with Buffalo. He was an, like a factual game manager, but that's, that's, that's a topic for a couple weeks from now. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Travis says, how many points does seventh place scoring defense give up Austin? So uh, I'll, I'll go there. The seventh best defense uh, when it comes to scoring in the NFL is the Carolina Panthers at 20.3. So that would mean the Titans would have to improve theirs by over three points a game in the last eight games of the season. Uh, to get that now, is that reasonable? Can they do that? I mean, they would have to play, I mean, really, really well uh, to be able to crack the top seven. And once you get uh, there, you know, the the Green Bay Packers give up exactly twenty points. Then the top five defenses is in the the Saints, the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Broncos, and the Bills all hold teams under twenty points a game for the season, which is pretty crazy. Which kind of leads us to our next conversation, Luke. Are we? We as in the Titans media and the Titans fan base, not the actual team. But are we overlooking the Saints and just assuming a Titans win on Sunday? That's that's what I want to get to now because I, I just feel like all the media, all the radio that I've listened to this week, all the interviews and podcasts that I've listened to this week, not a lot of conversation about the Saints yet. It's still all about beating the Rams. So are we as media and the fan base overlooking the Saints in assuming a Titans win? But real quick, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Simply go to RentersWarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for because there's so many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit because selling your house is a one-time transaction. Renting your house out and getting into the rent estate world Helps uh, you get money every month for doing nothing because Renters Warehouse does all the work. That's long-term equity, which means long-term wealth. And you get your retirement plan started with RentersWarehouse.com. And I am going to tell you again about our friends at BetMGM and the deal they've got going on for you today. It's a little different than what they usually have for you. If you use the promo code A to Z 200 and put a $10 money line wager on Thursday night football tonight, you get $200 if either team scores a touchdown, which these days is a pretty good bet, of course. So head over to BetMGM, download their app, and you won't regret that decision because BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. No doubt. Also, speaking of Titans and Saints, uh, we will be live for our pregame halftime and postgame show from the mainstay. We've been out at Mill Creek the last couple of weeks for the road game with the Titans back at home, which means A to Z Sports, Titan Game Day Live. At the mainstay, just two blocks away from Nissan Stadium. So you can come park there uh, for free, by the way. You can come park at the mainstay and then eat there and drink there pregame. Walk, short walk to the stadium and then watch the game. Come back postgame with us uh, there at the mainstay as well. So check that out and we'll see you guys on Sunday at the mainstay. So are we overlooking this Saints game? Luke, 
Uh, you want to read some comments or you want to give your opinion first? I want to give my opinion first. Sounds good. Well, I, this is just sort of leading into my opinion. I want to read some statistics. Uh, okay. The great folks at the Titans are kind enough to give us this game release every week. And, sure. and I'm looking at rankings of the Saints. And what I see as I look at this list is, first of all, uh, they have the best run defense in the NFL in terms of yards per game and yards per play, the number one in both categories. They're fifth in scoring defense mm-hmm. per game. Mm-hmm. They are fourth in amount of passes or percent of passes that they intercept. Ooh. So they're they're turnover prone. Um, and they're seventh in the league in point differential. So uh, there are no uh, pushover by any yeah. stretch. And they say deep- this. Go ahead. They give up a lot of passing yards. 273 yeah. passing yards a game, which is the sixth worst in the league. Yeah, 27th in the league. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're no pushover, right? Super good run defense. They play well against the run. Uh, here is my problem with the Saints and why I don't think we're overlooking them. I don't know. Like the quarterback, I just can't get past that. Trevor Simeon. Slash Taysom Hill. But Luke, you have been watching Titans football for a long time, and we've seen the no-name quarterback do things against the, this franchise. Now I understand, like, who, like who under Vrabel? Under what Vrabel, quarterback. Under, I mean, Jacoby Brissett has done that a, a few times. I mean, they're, uh, yeah, but he was like the star. At least he was the starter in Indianapolis. This guy's a street free agent from training camp. And Dom just says the the Titans lost to Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was the second overall pick of the draft. He's not a nobody. But it was what his I'm first saying is, career win. Who is the random street quarterback that beat the Titans under Vrabel? It hasn't happened. Uh, well, uh, Vrabel. Remember, Vrabel just got his first win over a rookie quarterback in, uh, against the, the Jags and Zach and Trevor Lawrence. I think MB with the best answer, Gardner Minshew, in that painful Thursday night game they played Bingo. against Jacksonville. Yeah. It, it happens. It well, happens. Luck, luckily, they, the Titans won't have Mariota as their quarterback, so that makes a little bit of difference. But, but, but the fan base and the media that covers this team has seen this team lose to the Trevor Simeons of the world in in the past, right? Mm, yeah, I guess. I guess. But I just, so, I, I just I, here's here's why I thought about this question because. The Titans, like, in the NFL, winning streaks come to an end every time, right? Like, in the Titans are on a five-game winning streak, and they've just pulled off four wins in a row against really legit opponents. And at some point, they're going to lose because that's how the NFL works. And it's the Bills losing to the Jags. It's the Broncos blowing out the Cowboys. That happened Sunday, you know? So it's it's the Rams losing to the Titans about Derrick Henry, right? Like, it's weird stuff happens in the NFL. Look, Jameis Winston got hurt against the Bucs, and the Saints still beat the Bucs, like, in New Orleans two weeks ago. Yeah. 
And the Bucs are, are one of the best teams in the NFL, right? And, and that was sort of my hesitation that I wasn't able to get to, which is Sean Payton. Yeah. He is unbelievable. He's exceptional at what he is able to do, What you know, able to make trash out of tra- or treasure out of trash, right? I mean, the guy's great. And so you can never count them out. And again, the defense is playing well. I read the stats. So back to the original question. Are we look are we overlooking them? I don't think so. I don't think so because we're talking about what they do well. We're talking about the run defense. And also in the back of my head is this Titans thing that has always happened under Vrabel where right after the highest of high is the letdown. And you know, they may be cured of that illness. I don't know, but it's in the back of my mind. So me as a media member, I don't feel like I am overlooking the Saints. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, you because like- well, they, they are what they are. And I think we are talking about them as what they are. They are a well-coached team that plays good defense, specifically against the run, with a bad quarterback. That's who they yeah. are. And, and the receivers are banged up. Now, Alvin Kamara is different. And Alvin Kamara is on the injury report. He did not practice the knee injury yesterday, right? Correct. He was DNP. And is Alvin Kamara going to play? I, I, I assume he's going well, to play. Well, that's in question. There was a Saints reporter. I can't remember his name. But they, they brought in a couple running backs for workouts earlier this week and I believe signed one of them. Um, it's, it's up in the air, Kamara, for this week. Which is crazy because you, I just, I, you know, I don't take a lot of weight in a guy not practicing on Wednesday. At this point in the season, once you get to late October into November, a guy not practicing on Wednesday is no big deal. Yeah, sure. But that context, I think, adds some. Sure. And, and Bobby says, in his opinion, usually the conversations for the next game don't start until Thursday. I just, I just feel like there's been a, like, so everybody's living and reacting off of the Rams game. And then Thursday today, we start looking forward to the following game. I just feel like there's been such little conversation about the Titans next game and people really just living in that moment of beating the Rams and being seven and two, being the top, the AFC and, and oh my God, the schedule's so easy looking at all these these games against the Texans and the Dolphins and, and the that's, Jags. That's, that's what I'm saying. All of this is setting up perfectly for the classic letdown, right? Yeah, and so and my answer is like, yes, I do think we are overlooking the Saints, and I do think we are assuming, and we as in the media and the fan base is assuming the Titans are just going to go beat Trevor Simeon and the Saints I'm on not. Sunday in Nissan Stadium. I'm not. You're not? I think no. I think the majority is. I think if, if, you, if you think about it, the majority is talking about, wow, the Titans can go 13 and four or 14 and three without Derrick Henry. <clears throat> that's, that's what I, I mean, am feeling. Sure. Like I wrote an article at our site yesterday about the chances to get the number one seed. But at the, like, again, in the back of my head is the classic letdown. And I, I think they can lose on Sunday. I think. Yeah, the and, and again, that they like win. Dom, Dom says, I hope the team isn't thinking like, like we are like, and, and of course I, I, I preface this entire question that I was going to ask with, Obviously, the Titans inside the building are because what was you asked Vrabel a very specific question on Monday, and you got a very specific answer. Did you not? Yeah, I asked him. Uh, I said, "Is there any temptation to look ahead and start thinking about 
you know, playing for the number one seed in the first round by, and he goes, no, Luke. <laughs> oh, classic moment. But again, like, uh, but this is, is this not what we did the week leading up to the Jets game? To what I did. Right. One of the most embarrassing weeks of my life as a sports reporter was that week. Right, because what was happening? Oh, the Titans should be four and one by the time they go play this stretch. Right, the Titans I should tr- be four and one. I I, I I trusted Mike Vrabel. I'm not allowed to say that anymore because everybody everybody says, "Oh, the Titans should be four and one before this tough four game stretch against the Bills, the Chiefs, the Colts." Were, <laughs> were we wrong though? <laughs> no, but exactly. But that's that's kind of it, that week leading up to the Jags game is kind of what this week has felt like. No, and not to me. Uh, it's granted, <laughs> that was the week that I was like grandstanding <laughs> and being like, there is no chance that they lose this game. It is a 100% win. And uh, on that Sunday morning at Mill Creek, I was like, who cares that Brett Curtis not playing? <laughs> like, that, was, that was a terrible week for me in terms of the takes. Yes, it was. It was very funny, very entertaining. Uh, welcome back, Farshin Chops on Twitch, uh, who has never met Luke before. Uh, there you go. So Luke is back. Uh, Luke has filled in uh, in the morning show quite a bit uh, this football season. So, and Brandon says uh, the fan base isn't used to this kind of success. It's nervous, like walking around on eggshells. And so, you know, we'll see what it's like. I, I, I hope Nissan Stadium is packed and crazy on Sunday because this team is coming back home. After two huge dramatic road I wins, doubt it will be. But... You doubt it will be packed and yeah. going. It ha- has it not been pretty packed and loud this season against the two of the better quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, well, the Chiefs game was very average. I thought a lot of red. Bills game was fantastic, best atmosphere I've ever seen at that stadium. Um, great, you know, great. I wasn't there in the Eddie George days, but um, I, I don't know. I don't think. Like the the real legit Titans fans, sure are going to get fired up and be there. But in terms of like, you know, filling the stadium, I I don't think so. That's just it's not like a pessimistic thing. It's like uh, this is just what happens with the Titans. They play well, and people still don't really care for whatever reason. Yeah, if uh, if the tight if Derek Henry was healthy, and the Titans just beat the Rams, it would be crazy. Yeah, I I think that would certainly add some fuel to the fire i knew i'd get the comments oh you're so negative luke is a bummer luke's (laughs) most pessimistic guy i've ever heard well guys when have you seen that we we go through this every year with this it's like look at the titans just won this big game now the stadium is going to be full and what happens the red seats are empty the blue seats are barely full and it's mostly you you know a big chunk of fans from the other team like and this isn't a Titans uh, problem. This is just what happens around the league, unless you're the Packers or the Steelers or, or you know, one of those big giant brands. And Adam says, Adam says, uh, the Titans fans have been traveling more fans that I've seen in stadiums, even at home. That, that's good. That's what I'm saying. The rider dies. The real Titans fans, like that you see on Twitter, the ones who are who are smart. You, you guys, everybody yeah, watching right now. Of course, this isn't a diss against you guys. It's a diss against. You know, Jimbo, who who reads the paper on Sunday morning to see if the Titans won, and like he, I, I don't think he's going to be running to buy a ticket now that they beat the Rams any more than he was before that game. 
Yeah, it's it's the uh, it's not the guys. It's not the dedicated group because the dedicated group goes and the dedicated group is loud and that group travels, which is great. But we we know that Nashville is a destination city for NFL fan bases around the country, and I think there's going to be a decent amount of Saints fans there because that's what happens in Nashville. And uh, I, I but I do think it'll be a good atmosphere. It's been way better uh, this year than it has been in the past. And obviously COVID and the restrictions messed up the Titans ability to maximize and capitalize off of a run to an AFC championship game. We're seeing it a little bit more better now because traffic's been crazier to get to the games when it's been in home. So I think it's been better this year than it has in the past. You ready for the magic bucket? Yeah, I'm ready. I've said my piece on the stadium. Okay. And people are still bashing Luke for being. I'm not bad. No one in this chat was the demographic that those comments were targeting. At. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Time for the magic bucket here live on this Thursday to wrap up the show. Real quick, let me tell you guys about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15 minute workout equals five plus hours in the weight room. How does that even happen? How does 15 minutes equal over five hours in the weight room? Full body electronic muscle stimulation uh, because it's legit. The science is real. It helps target those muscles to build strength and muscle mass while targeting the hard to burn body fat and helping you achieve whatever your fitness goals might be. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. Plus, if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, they'll take a hundred bucks off that first month when you sign up. And one last time, a reminder that if you download the BetMGM app, use the promo code A to Z200. If you put a $10 money line wager on Thursday night football tonight and either team scores a touchdown, that $10 becomes $200. It is time for the magic bucket. Luke, would you like to do the deed? Yes, I was, I was hoping you would remember. Here we go. Love it. All right, time for the magic bucket, Luke. Here we go. All right. <laughs> I've got the bucket. We'll see what uh, happens here. All right, this is going to be for you. You're the yeah. you're the guest this morning, so I'll <laughs> let you go first. If I can grab one at a time. There we go. Oh no 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 no! I don't want to. I don't want this to happen. <laughs> what is it? This is obviously a Zach submission, and this might be the grossest thing that has ever been in the magic bucket. Okay. And also, I'm sorry. And I'm really glad that I didn't pull this for myself. Okay. You have to show the viewers your armpit hair. Okay. That's, That's just a very strange weird. request. It, it, it is. There you go. Oh, God. Just so that weird. Was that's strange. That's very weird. I don't like that. That makes me cringe. (laughs) (laughs) Such a weird thing to put in there. I don't don't like that. Yeah. And Danny, uh, I believe Zach is legitimately dodging the magic bucket because he knew that he put that in there. Like Zach, Zach's magic bucket things are. That was weird. Huh? That was weird. Like, yes. Oh God, I hate that. I, I <laughs> absolutely hate that. I, these are all tangled. I can't get one of them out. There we go. All right. Ah. Oh. 
I got to do this again? <laughs> Is it the gift? Yes, I get I get to give Luke a gift again. Could have been the batteries, but we we already uh we've already done the batteries that you needed. All right, have to Amazon your coast under tw- a gift under tw- uh, 20 bucks to showcase the next time he's on the show. Yeah, I so I need to do that for Zach too, and I will do that today. I will set a reminder for that. You can give Zach some uh some like Theraflu or something. Yeah, yeah. Donald uh, says that was awkward. He, it was correct. I and Jared says Luke is a good sport. I'll give him that though. I mean, like, yeah, it's very weird. Um, <laughs> T Town Brown says Luke showed his armpit a little too freely there. <laughs> what does that mean? It's just, I mean, you just were like okay with it. You're just like, all right, whatever. I just, I mean, you take it on the chin and you move on to the next day. Exactly. Austin, we're all about going one and zero every week. That's right. You're exactly right, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Uh. All right, so I will. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I will uh, gift you something under twenty bucks um, from Amazon. So the next time you're on the show, you'll get to showcase that. How have you used your beard trimmer yet? It's over here, still in the box. Still I need box. to use. It. So the one that I, I spent use, nineteen dollars on that. Well, so the one that I use is giant and like plugs in the wall. So I need to figure out how to use that one. The problem is I'm very particular with the length. Like it has to be exactly right. And so I need to figure out the conversion rate from the giant plug in the wall trimmer to this one. And once I figure that out, I will start using the Phillips one that you bought. So it was a good gift. Yeah, I think so. Good. I'm glad that you like, so far I'm, I'm two and oh on gifts because I got Zach his stress. Oh, it's on. It's on. It's on. Can you hear it? Yeah, yeah, we can hear that. I don't know how to turn it off. Yeah, yeah. and Ethan says, uh, now you can use that for your armpit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, I, nobody's had to get me a gift yet. That kind of sucks, but anyway. All right, <clears throat> we'll see you guys on a Friday morning. I, I believe Zach should be back after taking the day off to kind of deal with uh, being a little under the weather. So, Luke, appreciate you jumping in here and showing us your armpit today and also talking <laughs> some Titans. So, <clears throat> we'll see you guys on Friday. Don't forget. The A to Z Sports Podcast Network uh, is where to go for more content, a to zsports.com. Uh, check them out there for all of what Luke writes, what Zach Reagan writes, Bucks articles. We got tons of content up there, a to zsports.com. We'll see you guys later on.